1: Good afternoon and happy Friday, hey, 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 hey. August 12th, the year 2022. It is great to be with you. We are jam-packed and ready to roll for the next two hours. So let's not waste any time. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in lake charles we're streaming around the world 1037 thegamecom 1041 thegamecom and if you happen to be in the acadiana area and you get near a television set turn it on because we're simulcast on stadium 32.3 and 133 on lus fiber did you miss the
0: headlines of the day not to worry the Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's Headlines.
1: All right. Well, in an unprecedented move, and we set it here first, the late Bill Russell will be the first NBA player to have his number retired across the entire league. The NBA made the move this week to make sure his transcendent career will always be recognized, and to that I say, well Done. Well done. Tom Brady missed Bucks practice Thursday with an excuse absence. And we've learned now that he won't return until after the team's second preseason game on August the 20th. Brady is dealing with the proverbial personal matter, and the timing of his leave was agreed upon before training camp, Coach Todd Bowles said. So let the speculation run rampant on that. Kentucky's John Calipari wants a new basketball practice facility, and he wants it now. Calipari said if necessary, he'll raise the money to build it himself with funds from his former players who've made it to the NBA. He said this yesterday on his team's trip to the Bahamas. He wants to build the facility in the center of campus and make it a multi-use structure that also houses a sports science department, a nutrition center, and an interactive museum on the program's history. Here's where things got interesting. Calipari said, and the reason is, this is a basketball school. It's always been that. No disrespect to our football team. I hope they win 10 games and go to bowls. At the end of the day, that makes my job easier, and it makes the job of all of us easier. But this is a basketball school to which football coach Mark Stoops said, basketball school? I thought we competed in the SEC. Hey, Mark, you're competing in the SEC but you are a basketball school, just like we tell every basketball coach at LSU. Guess what, dude? This is a football school, plain and simple, plain and simple. The Cubs won the second annual Field of Dreams game last night in Iowa. What what a beautiful concept, right? Um the interesting part where organizers used a hologram to resurrect the iconic Cub announcer, Harry Carey, who was uh, credited with popularizing the take me out to the ball game. It was realistic. It was kind of impressive. Um, it looked real life and real natural. Yes, indeed. Um, the New Orleans Saints We'll catch up with um, that later on this morning, uh, this afternoon rather, excuse me. Uh, But the Saints had some transactions. They released Jaleel Johnson. They made the signings of Brian Allen, quarterback K.J. Costello, and Jack Kerner, official Bryce Thompson went on the injured reserve after clearing Waivers, Of course, first-round pick Chris Olavi out of Ohio State, the guy that's supposed to take the top off the defense. We heard from him yesterday, and he said uh, this when asked, hey, dude, you're not in college anymore. You're in the NFL. Have you gotten better at getting past press coverage?
2: Oh, yeah, I feel like I got way better getting, getting reps uh, over time and throughout the practice. A great cornerback going against great cornerbacks, so I feel like I'm getting a lot better at that, and... Once I get better at that, I feel like
1: uh, I'm going to be a uh, a lot better in my game. Uh, You go up against Adebo and Lattimore and those kind of people, Gardner Johnson every day, you're going to get better and you're going to learn how to do it. The other first-round pick, Trevor Penning, um, has – is a work in progress. They knew exactly what they were getting in him. He's been in a couple of uh, altercations. He's calmed that down a little bit. And as the Saints travel to Houston today for their first preseason game tomorrow, Trevor Penning had this to say about learning the game the NFL way.
0: Yeah, I'd say as a rookie, I mean all rookies, you're basically learning a bunch of technique that just it's new to you. You, you don't really know much about it. It's anywhere you go. I mean, even going in from high school to college, you learn a bunch of new different stuff, a bunch of stuff's being thrown at you, so um, yeah, it, it's a lot to learn, but it's kind of it's kind of starting to all make sense. Now I can play much faster. I don't have to quite think as much. I can kind of just, it's just
1: kind of, you just go now. You just kind of go now. Very good. Very good. Um, on a recruiting front, uh, we knew that um Uh, LSU got a quarterback commitment the other day, and now we're hearing uh, reports that Neville High's Zalance Hurd will commit to his school of choice soon. He didn't specify exactly when. Hurd is the top offensive lineman in Louisiana. It's one of LSU's biggest targets. And safety Kylan Jackson out of Zachary set to announce his school of choice tomorrow. Tomorrow. So... Uh, there you go with that. The Ragin' Cajuns are getting ready to have their first scrimmage of fall camp tomorrow. Um, let me tell you our guest list, and we'll we'll explain all of this. We'll find out about yesterday's scrimmage um, for LSU. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate will join us here in just a few minutes to talk about that. Uh, Larry Holder will shuffle in in his normal time slot from The Athletic. We'll talk the Saints. We'll talk NFL talk with him. Uh, we'll open up our number two. We'll get the very latest on the McNeese Cowboys. Jim Gazzolo will join us uh, on that. George Faust from KLFY Sports will give us all the latest updates on the Raging Cajuns. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will uh, knock it around the park. Uh, with everything and anything that's out there. Yes, indeed. So um, those are just some of the things out there. Um, last night in in um, football, NFL football, not that it really matters, the Giants beat the Patriots 23-21. Patriots still exploring with two offensive coordinators. And the Baltimore Ravens beat the Tennessee Titans 23 to 10. Very few starters played. Um, One particular of interest, uh, Malik Willis from Liberty, um, who one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft um, did fairly well Threw for 107 yards, but executed, ran the ball well. Um, So he looks like he might be somebody to watch out for uh, in, in the future. So we shall see. Um, a minor leaguer accomplished one of the rarest of feats and baseball, you know, wow. It's, it's, it's amazing. You see perfect games, you see hit for the cycle and all that kind of stuff. Um, And baseball fans know they're lucky if they see that or a no-hitter. They're extremely lucky if they see a perfect game or a four-run home run game. Uh, But there's one accomplishment no one has ever witnessed in an MLB game, and it's only been seen once in the minor leagues. What is it, you say? Well, uh, I guess the other day uh, we were talking about a home run cycle in which a player hit a solo home run, then came back and hit a two-run homer, then a three-run homer, and then a grand slam. This is exactly what Chandler Redmond, a minor leaguer in the St. Louis Cardinals organization, did. Playing the, for the A Springfield Cardinals, Redmond went five for six with the aforementioned four home runs and 11 runs batted in to lead a 21-4 route. Now, how do they come up with these names? The Amarillo Sod Poodles. James, you're going to have to look that up. You have to tell me what is a Sod Poodle. I have no, no earthly idea. I've never heard of it. Uh, I, I'm I'm not so sure. I want to hear it, to be co- well, honest with you. Um, the whole club had eight home runs and 21 runs on the board, a a Springfield record. So Redmond began the night with an RBI single in the first, struck out in the third, and then in the fifth inning, a two-run shot, followed by a grand slam in the sixth, a solo shot in the seventh, and um, another one in the eighth. That's uh, That's amazing. So there you go. So there's our... Uh, headlines of the day. I'll, I'll ask uh, James during our segment with George Becknell at the end of the show what in the flying Walinda is a sod poodle?
3: Uh, you, oh, oh, go ahead and tell me, James. Welcome. It's an old fashioned nickname for a prairie dog. Okay. Yeah. I
1: guess the Amarillo prairie dogs wanes in comparison to the Amarillo sod poodles okay i'm really you got troubles you got problems all right anyway we're brought to you today by eon eon the first touchless robotic laser device that gets rid of unwanted uh fat once and for all it's so delightful It's like a cool breeze as this machine goes back and forth and back and forth and gets those troublesome love handles, that troublesome abdomen that you work so hard, that you eat right, you exercise, you still can't get rid of it. Raise your hand if you're out there and you know what I'm talking about. Raise it and raise it high. Uh, Well, Eon can get that done. It's a simple, simple process. You can go and get a free consultation. They are Of course, in Lafayette at River Ranch and now getting ready to open up. The machines are in place. The facility is ready. Baton Rouge is available and soon to come in Mandeville. So growing exponentially. uh, Tara LaPerry and the rest of the gang does a tremendous, tremendous job. E.O.N. Look it up. E.O.N. Of Lafayette. What a great gift for your wife, your girlfriend, for your husband, your boyfriend. Uh, We could all, we all have an ego. We all want to look good. We all want to feel good. Eon can do all of the above. I will take our first time out of the day. Wilson Alexander on LSU's open scrimmage on Thursday. Looks like a quarterback's in the lead, but by how much? We'll talk about it next here. The Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana.
0: Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: We're back 17 minutes after the hour on this Friday, August the 12th. Time to talk Tigers brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, dude, you just can't shop right at all. Does a tremendous job covering the LSU Tigers and the Tigers uh, for the for as long as I can recall, I, I've never seen uh access to a team quite like the media are getting access to this team yesterday a full scrimmage uh two-hour practice mini scrimmage kind of a deal and the media was there and covering it for the advocate our good friend wilson alexander uh, who will give us the lowdown on what he saw wilson good afternoon buddy how are you
2: i'm good jordy how are you this afternoon
1: I am terrific. I'm anxious to hear what you have to say, so let's start with the the position that everybody wants to know. Let's talk about the quarterback race. Where does it stand right here, right now, from what you've seen?
2: Well, from what we saw yesterday, uh, Jaden Daniels was got almost every single first team rep. Um, Miles Brennan worked almost exclusively with the twos. Um, He did get a three uh, reps with the first team offense during a situational full team um, period right at the end of practice. Uh, it wasn't quite a scrimmage. This was it was more of just like a regular practice, same sort of structure okay. that we saw when we would get fully open practices in the spring. you know it was much closer to that than say a spring game. Oh, okay. um, and so it was a little bit um, <clears throat> different from that respect, but you know Garrett Nussmeier was was limited. he did not participate. Um, In any sort of full team activity, anything that was going to put any kind of strain on his ankle sprain, um, which he's expected to really be able to work back into things full go over the next full day, a couple days here. But, you know, because of that, Jaden Daniels got all the first team reps. And, you know, it's tough to kind of parse through that when when we've only seen one practice. um, And, you know, he was not saying much uh, about, you know, the quarterback battle. You know, Brian Kelly was asked, he said that there still hasn't been. Um, much okay. separation. But at the same time you noted that Garrett Nussmar would have gotten first team reps had he been healthy, and he didn't say that Brendan, uh you know would have um, otherwise. And so you know you're hearing a lot about Jaden Daniels, um but it, it is going to need a little bit more time to develop.
1: Okay. How did Jaden Daniels look to you?
2: He looked better than he did in the spring. Um, you know, in the spring, he was it was not a very accurate passer. And and there wasn't a lot of zip behind it. I mean, you know, I should say take that back. Maybe there, you know, there, he had some some power behind the ball, and and you know, it, it was, but it, it wasn't as accurate um, necessarily. And you could tell that out of the three, you know, guys in contention for this job, Garrett. Uh, Miles and Jaden that he was sort of the, uh, the number three in terms of quality as a passer. He, he looked better. I think that's still the case though is that he's number three in that group in terms of as a passer. Um, but you still, you can see the athletic ability. Um, he was stepping up in the pocket and rolling out and hitting guys on the run um, whenever, you know, things kind of collapsed around him in the sort of third down situational full team period that they were working in. Um, you know, and he, he still threw, he threw a few good balls. There was a few that he missed on as well. Um, okay. You know, they've been working on his footwork since the spring. Um, ever since he transferred, they've been changing it. And Mike Dinbrock said earlier this week, that's a process to take thousands of reps and that it's ongoing. Um, and, you know, maybe he's still kind of trying to get that down. Um, but they're trying to make him a more consistently accurate passing. You're seeing that that work is taking place. Um, it's just not finished yet.
1: Okay. Um, Wilson Alexander of The Advocate. I heard that uh, even though he was taking all second-team drills, uh, except for, as you mentioned, a couple with the first, uh, Miles Brennan had the best throw of the day for a touchdown?
2: Yeah. You know, this was during a a very sort of stripped-down drill, sort of like a read-option thing. And there was it was almost like one on ones for the receivers and the DBs. And Brian oh, okay. Thomas burned Jalen Davis Robinson, who's a true freshman corner, uh, down the sideline. And, and Miles threw a, yeah a perfect ball. You know Joe Fouché was late rolling over in coverage uh, from the safety spot. Um, you know maybe the coverage he wasn't supposed to be there, what have you. But he was. You know Brian Thomas was wide open, and, and Miles mm-hmm. hit him uh, down the sideline for a, a really long touchdown. And you know you've seen that throughout Miles' career, he can make those yeah. kinds of throws. Um, yeah. He was also a little bit hesitant when he was, uh, at times during drills, um, a little bit late to get to, you know, his, maybe his third, fourth read, um, and it was a little bit inaccurate at times, but you have to kind of throw in a little asterisk there because he was working with the twos and the backups that you know, maybe he doesn't have that timing down with all of those guys yet. Sure. But yes, to answer your first question, he did have the best throw of the day.
1: Okay. Um, uh, Wilson Alexander of The Advocate as we're 23 days away from the start of the season. um, Decisions will have to be made it appears to me from what i read um the offensive line still, st- seems to be a little bit consistent with will campbell from left to right will campbell Traymond shorts garrett dellinger at center miles frazier and anthony bradford i keep hearing those names consistently um I, have they come to a decision there is that is that the feeling you get
2: it seems like they're getting closer, and I think a lot of it hinges on Garrett being able to handle that center spot. This is a position that he's kind of learning on the fly. Um, you know, he would have gotten a lot more reps at center back in the spring if he hadn't been recovering from shoulder surgery, um, mm-hmm. but he was, and he, he was only able to to work you know in a very limited fashion. And so now that he's actually able to play in full team periods, you know, he's having to learn how to make the calls and snap and step at the exact same time. But physically, you know, he's what they want kind of in a center, um, and, and that. Seems like if he's able to settle in at that spot, which he's kind of in the process of doing, that this looks like it might end up being that starting five. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's set in stone just yet. You know, Mike Dimbrock said uh, earlier this week that, it, that it, they were still in that identification process of trying to find the right. best five starting linemen. But for a few practices now, that's the group that we've seen out there.
1: Running backs, uh, loss one, um, but uh, three are there. How are they looking?
2: They're looking solid. You know, we haven't had a great look at the running backs yet. Um, you know, they didn't do any sort of, like, inside run uh, during practice yesterday. It, it wasn't really a day heavily focused on the running backs. Okay. Um, so probably going to be something that's better answered in, you know, maybe a week, a week, a half down the road. row. But what we have seen is that this is going to be a true running back by committee situation. I mean, Brian Kelly said that, and um, I don't think he was kidding. I mean, you know, the – right. Noah Kane has been getting a lot of first team reps, and then, you know, but he's been rotating with John Emery and Armani Goodwin and Josh Williams, too. I mean, Josh Williams made probably one of the most understated plays of the day yesterday in a blitz pickup. You know, they really trust him on things like that, and he'll get some running, some playing time, too, a former walk on who has since earned a scholarship.
1: Uh, that's some of the offense. I know that um, Jack Besh and Chris Hilton uh, didn't participate. They were there. They were watching, but they didn't take place in anything. So we'll, we'll skip the wide receivers for now. But the biggest concern for me, how does that secondary look?
2: It actually looked like it had a pretty good day yesterday. And it's interesting the way that they're – um, some guys have stepped up. I mean, Brian Kelly, you know, has expressed concern about the secondary and for good reason. You know, this is a group that was completely remade through transfers. and you just don't know how they're gonna mesh together because they haven't all played on the field at the same time. Um right. they seem to have a pretty solid day. Uh, didn't other than that one play we talked about, nothing really got behind them at all. Um, there was a the one play like where Malik Neighbors had a great you know touchdown on a slant route, but like the secondary was looking pretty good, and it was interesting who they had out there. Colby Richardson is a transfer from McNeese State. He was running with the ones. So was Major Burns, He's a sophomore safety who started five games last year before a, a lower leg injury um, that had kept him out even through the spring. Uh, right. He was running with the ones too, and, and that's with you know, and then Sage Ryan as well. He was also with the ones, and these are some guys who you didn't maybe think would be starters um, because of Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché a transfer over from Arkansas. They're proven starters in the SEC, and that, they still not not, but they clearly. You know, getting some run with the with yeah. the ones is a, maybe a good sign for the depth that LSU was creating right. in the secondary, which was probably the biggest concern because looked like Jerry Bernard Converse as a guy who's like you know first team All Big Twelve selection Oklahoma State, you can probably step in and start right away. But you were concerned about the depth past guys like him, and that seems to be mm-hmm. getting better.
1: Very good, Mekki um, Garner from from UL. How, how's he? How's the transition been for him?
2: It was maybe slow at first um, back in the spring just to get transitioned to LSU and um, playing against the athletes that they have at receiver. Um, But he stands out as somebody who, I mean, is just really big for a corner. He's 6'2 and 217 pounds now. And you can see it just when he's on the field. He's he's a lot bigger than some of LSU's players at that position. Um, You know, He was playing primarily with the second team yesterday, and that was the most um, time that we've seen um, mm-hmm. at, the, at the cornerback spot, um, if he doesn't end up starting, you know, then he'll be a, a depth piece for them. Um, okay. But he's probably still in contention, uh, maybe for that backup outside corner spot. Um, but maybe he can push for starting time, too.
1: Still lots of things out there. What stood out to you overall? Any, any player or players stood out where you went,
2: OK, I did not know about this guy? Someone who comes to mind, just that we haven't talked about yet, is Mason Taylor, who's a true freshman tight end. Tight end has been this position that ever since Brian Kelly got here, um, he has said that it it hasn't been quite up to what he's been looking for. You know, there's a lot of concern expressed about the depth there. He said over summer, very plainly, that they wouldn't be able to run multiple tight end sets because they didn't have enough depth at that position. You know, quality depth of that position to be able to do it, and they like doing that. Him and Mike Timbrak like having multiple tight ends on the field when they can. Um, but we actually saw some multiple tight end sets yesterday, and part of that's because of Mason Taylor. Um, he's really physically uh, impressive as a true freshman. He's six five, like two hundred forty five pounds. We're talking about the son of NFL Hall of Famer right. Jason Taylor here, and uh-huh. um, he made some impressive plays. And Brian Kelly just raved about him, saying that you know, right off the bat here. He's going to be somebody who can play for them. You know, We'll see. He's still a true freshman, but you know, he kind of stood out yesterday.
1: We always talk offense, defense. What about special teams? Have we learned anything about that very important aspect to the game?
2: We have. Yeah, Jay Bramblett is definitely going to be their starting punter, um, which was expected uh, but more confirmed yesterday um, by Brian Kelly um, after coming over from Notre Dame, being a three-year starter there. Um, okay. And then punt returner, we got a good glimpse of who's going to be back there. Um, they have elite neighbors and Sage Ryan and Seven Banks, and then Javen Nicholas, who's a true freshman walk-on. Um, mm-hmm. And Ryan Kelly said all four of them are in the mix uh, to be the punt returner. it would also be interesting just to see, like we mentioned, you know, like you mentioned, Chris Hilton has been limited; he hasn't been a full participant. Maybe he would also be in the mix there uh, okay. when he gets back. But for now, it's those four, they feel good about them. The rest of it, in terms of kick returner, kickoff specialist, and field goal, is all yet to be determined.
1: Okay. Wow. Lots, lots to be determined. With um, a little, old, a little less than, well, a little more than three weeks left to go. Right. So, um, very, very interesting. How do you feel about this team, overall? What, what's your perspective now?
2: Um, maybe like cautious optimism. I mean, okay. part of that might be a result of just like being very up close to it. That um, mm-hmm. there is clearly talent here but it's just going to be a question of whether or not that can like come together quickly in year one i mean it's rare that you see a team having to figure out this much like we said with 23 days until the first game um that's that's not usually common and it's not usually a great thing um so we'll see kind of what happens um you know jury's still out sort of deal uh on yeah. that first game against florida state before i make any sort of overarching <sighs> conclusions with this group
1: Uh, What's next up for LSU practice-wise, and uh, when do they get a day off? Uh, When's their next big scrimmage? What's going on there?
2: Yeah, so they had their first day off on Wednesday, so they'll have a few practices here in a row. Uh Um, They practice today. They practice again on Saturday. They may have a day off on Sunday. And then on Monday – they have a, a practice again, and the next big scrimmage, and, and when we, you know, that word scrimmage, this is actually being labeled as a scrimmage on Wednesday in Tiger Stadium, um, okay. where that could end up being a really revealing day, especially at okay. quarterback, at who's getting the reps with the ones.
1: Is that one that you can attend as well?
2: It is. It is completely All open. You right. talked about that access. There has been. Uh, Scheduled for this this uh, preseason, three entirely open practices to the media, Amazing. and that's one of
1: them. <laughs> that's unheard of, man. It's, as long as I've been around. I've been around a while. Um, shoot, I know not. DeNardo didn't. I know she and on up didn't. So, anyway, good, good, good for the fans. So, cautiously optimistic is Wilson Alexander. We're thankful for your time, man. Have a great weekend. I really do appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me on. you will have a great
1: weekend, too. All right, buddy. You're the best. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate. That brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets that has a simple mission statement, serving the community and seeing you, their customers, leave with a smile on, on their face. That's all they want. Smile on your face. So whether your needs are fresh food, fuel, top shelf wines or spirits, or just a Quick pit stop. ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets look forward to serving you with their spacious stores that are filled with Louisiana products, their modern restrooms that are clean and comfortable, and delicious food that's always fresh and always fast. If you can't shop right at ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets, man, I'm telling you, you just can't shop right at all. The Saints and the NFL, Larry Holder of the Athletic on this uh, Football Friday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots.
0: And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the blonde bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: It's time to talk New Orleans Saints and NFL football brought to you by Cajun Chef. Bring a little small bottle of their hot sauce with you wherever you go, because everything tastes better with Cajun Chef hot sauce on it. He's got hot takes all the time. Larry Holder of The Athletic, kind enough to join us. Larry, how are you, babe? H- happy Friday to you, sir.
4: You too, Jordy. Yeah, it's uh, it's in football's really here. Uh, it's it yeah. preseason taking on the Texans tomorrow night. Um, Curious to see uh, uh, a few things uh, going on in that game.
1: What are you interested in seeing about that this game? You just led me into the perfect first question.
4: <laughs> like, I just kind of read your mind. I figured. I figured. Why not? Uh, why not preface it? But uh, like, I, I think that uh, if you're looking for the star players to play, I mean, don't watch for that. You definitely want right. to see uh, maybe some of the newcomers. And I'm I, I'm looking at maybe some first and second year players uh specifically you look for the first round picks me looking for it to see uh what chris olave can do and uh you know i think that he'll probably play you know, a decent amount of action maybe in the first half just because you want you want to get him acclimated to the NFL game and, uh, and he's that all-around receiver he's not just kind of the home run threat i think he's been able right. to uh kind of show throughout the the you know the last couple of months with the saints that he could kind of do it all, uh, and so I think you're going to probably see him a, a good bit. And then I want to see Trevor Penning. I mean, look, obviously he's uh, the Saints want him to start. Uh, right. I think he, that that is going to happen. Uh, and all the reports and uh, you know even the interviews after practice, he's unapologetic in the, in the way he plays. Uh, sometimes
0: uh, I love it. made his
4: teammates a little heated, but uh, as long as he's not drawing penalties in game. Uh, I I think the Saints uh, like that aggression. And so, yeah, you know, uh, that's to me uh, because, like like I said, I would want to see Jameis Winston play. He's not going to play. So, if I'm going to – like Michael Thomas, I would be shocked if he played, even though he's, Mm -hmm. you know, practicing and such. You're not going to – you wouldn't play him here anyway. Even if he was completely healthy, you wouldn't be playing him here anyway. But, yeah, I I think the first two – uh, the first two picks, I think uh, m- most fans are going to be most curious to kind
1: of watch those two guys play. Uh, Larry Holder of the Athlete. I don't think there's many positions up for grabs, but apparently there's some depth issues in one position that because they keep bringing in guys and, and like Kiko Alonso comes in for one day and says, eh, "I can't do it anymore. I'm retiring." But linebacker seems to be the one position out there where the Saints really aren't completely comfortable. Is that would that be accurate?
4: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, and part of it is that we haven't really seen someone like Zach Bond elevate like the Saints thought he might have when they drafted him. Uh, you know, I always thought that was an awkward fit uh, when they drafted him because, I mean, he was primarily a pass rusher and they were trying to kind of mm-hmm. shoehorn him in to being more traditional linebacker. I mean, that hasn't panned out. So, uh, and then, your starters, and you're basically starting two linebackers now. I mean, so you have DeMario Davis, we all know that. You know, and Pete Werner hasn't really practiced much at all. Uh, And I think they are probably being cautious with him because they know they don't have a lot of depth. You know, week one, I'm sure he's going to be starting, but they're definitely going to be cautious here. And so, uh, say in this preseason game, I'd be shocked if DeMario Davis plays. So, it's yep. going to be a bunch of guys like Zach Vaughn and a bunch of names that you're probably not really familiar with, and so uh, it's it's a spot where usually uh, the Saints have been pretty decent in depth. But this is if there's one part of the team that lacks depth there, and I think the Saints are going to kind of keep their eyes out once cuts happen because uh, you know they, they cut down to eighty, then to seventy five, and then to, you know fifty three. Uh, I think they're going to keep their eyes pretty wide open. Uh, in, in terms um, of that position,
1: yeah, I'm with you, uh, Larry Holder of the Athletic. I've I read somewhere like, uh, boy, it's nice to have Will Lutz back. He's something like 30 for 31 in camp with field goals, and we're not talking chip shots either.
4: Yeah, it's funny when Lutz was at his best, and this was, uh, you know, back when I covered the team on a daily basis. I would even put on Twitter that I quit charting his field goals in practice <laughs> because he made them all, and then. Uh, he he would respond at me. He's like Larry. Just follow your heart. You can keep charting and So he responded to me on Twitter that uh, he still <laughs> wants to. He wants everybody to know that he's uh, darn near perfect. And look, he is. He's a weapon that man. You imagine if you had him last year, you might win it two more games and make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's it just goes to show you uh, how how clutch he has been uh, ever since coming to the Saints. Uh, you know, a bunch of years ago, you know, he had, remember they cut both kickers and then they brought him in uh, at the advice of the Ravens and, uh, and uh, John Harbaugh, and Justin Tucker. So yeah, it, it shows you that uh, you need a reliable kicker, especially even just with extra points. I mean, we, you know, the, the Saints yeah. were the Bermuda Triangle, basically last year before him and then after him. Yeah. Uh, and he really stabilized the position. So yeah, I think that is, that is something that is definitely not talked about as much, but, when we're getting to the regular season, and you know the Saints, you have a reliable field goal kicker. Uh, it, it's really a different ball game. It helps you change the strategy of what you do as a as a head coach, making yeah. decisions, and as a play caller as an offensive coordinator.
1: Last year, I mean, did, did the Saints play more quarterbacks or did they have more kickers, or, or were they? I think they were about the same. Didn't they have like four kickers and four quarterbacks play? Well, he definitely
4: had four quarterbacks, and I,
1: man, kicker.
4: I feel like uh, I've lost track of count. (laughs) To be honest, so uh, who knows? Uh, I was surprised Taysom Hill didn't kick. I mean, he did in high school. Why not just have him kick, uh, uh, even though he was banged up? But yeah, it's uh, it just goes to show you that uh, when you are really hurting a kicker, I mean, it it really one kick can cost you a game or win you a game. And the Saints really lacked that. The Saints were fortunate when. You know when they were winning division titles, who was kicking the ball? It was Will Luck.
1: Yeah, Larry Holder, the athletic is is the toughest. And you do all these uh, uh, and for years and years, and you've been very accurate with your final roster. Uh, And looking at this team, is the toughest position to decide upon? Is it going to be the uh, the wide receiver position because they got a bunch of them, or is it something else?
4: I think in terms of players who can actually contribute and play I think it will be wide receiver and it's it's something that I think maybe they trade one Uh, that would be something I think like a team like Denver I mean they lost Tim Patrick who was kind of one of their three top receivers he went down earlier in camp and uh, you know I was kind of Thinking maybe Denver might give the Saints a call, uh, trying to mm-hmm. maybe pry away Traequann Smith or West Callaway, someone like that. Uh, but it, it's at least, hey, it's at least a good problem to have because we're talking we're talking about guys who played a lot last year and aren't even going to crack the starting lineup with the, uh, Michael Thomas being healthy. Uh, I know Jarvis Landry, obviously he's going to be involved in the mix, and Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. you know at least you, it, the fact that you're overloaded there gives you maybe some, some options. I don't know. Maybe you trade a wide receiver for a linebacker. I don't know. I I think that I do think though that the Saints. I'm not saying they are, but they probably should be uh, fielding calls and maybe shopping around because they're overloaded there, and they got some other young guys that have kind of, you know, they've made some noise here and there in in training camp that they might want to develop. And also, you look at it, Jordy, that you want your bottom. Receivers to be able to play special teams. I know yes. Callaway can return kicks. Deontay Hardy, he's your primary guy, so yeah. he can return kicks. So he's he's kind of a shoe in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But you would want them to to be like in the special teams action, oh. and maybe that that might be what Callaway ends up being. Uh, you know, hmm. if, if the Saints go with
1: six receivers. Makes perfect sense. Um, Larry Holder of the Athlete. Let's go around the NFL now. Apparently, you know, the Saints are playing Houston tomorrow night. Preseason game number one. Houston's quarterback before being traded was Deshaun Watson. Now Watson says, hey, man, I'm willing to accept an eight-game suspension and a $5 million fine. I think the NFL wants to take a full year and pay him nothing, which in my mathematics tells me is a heck of a lot more than $5 million. What's going to happen here?
4: Well, it's it's funny because if he if he's suspended for a year, uh, the Browns they formatted his contract to where he would he would actually lose less money than uh, than uh, in nowhere near right. five million dollars. I think that's Deshaun right. Watson Deshaun Watson just wants to get back on the field, and okay. I think that's uh, you know this negotiating thing that, uh, that, that they're his side is trying to do publicly. Uh, it's not going to work. Uh, the league wants him to be suspended for a year and they can certainly do that. And look, we've seen Roger Goodell step away from the appeals process before uh, and uh, look, I covered one where he uh, stepped back and it did not work out for him uh, with uh, the bounty scandal when Paul right. who took that over and vacated the suspension. That's not going to happen here. I don't think there's any way that that is going to happen. And I, I think it's it's something that they're trying to rally publicly to, for a lighter sentence, and I, you know they're, t- they're basically trying to see if the NFL bites. And I don't think the NFL is going to bite. I, you know, I, maybe it becomes twelve games, you double it. But I know the league wants him to be suspended for a year. So it's, I think it'll be certainly double digits. And I, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be surprised if it's not a year. I mean, I've said that all along. I'd be surprised if it's not a year.
1: All right, Larry Holder of the Athletic. Tom Brady um, missed two practices over the past week. At the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He didn't practice on Thursday, and according to Coach Todd Bowles, he won't be back with the team anytime soon. Um, even after the the, fir- the second preseason game, which we will play August twentieth. The thing that that uh, kind of chuckle I chuckle at is. Apparently, this was something that they agreed upon before training camp. Personal matter. So I'm trying. I'm trying to, you know, how we are. We're trying to figure what the heck would that be? Um, that he knew something was coming up well before training camp started, and so he's going to miss uh, these couple of weeks. Come on, Larry. What's the inside scoop?
4: I'm just going to make, a, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to make a deduction here, uh, you know, and deduce that he's basically just going to go on vacation. That's yeah. really what I'm thinking of. Like maybe that's that's the only thing I can think of. You know, it's I don't think he's moving his kids into college. I don't know if they're old right. enough yet. Maybe I'm wrong. He could be 45. He could probably uh-huh. have college-age kids. But I'm thinking it could be as simple as a vacation. And said, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do. We want to do it. I don't need training camp, which he doesn't. So, yeah. so what? And, I, love and, I love it. Yeah, look, if you can do it." Pull it off, man. I, 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 he's, he's done enough to garner any kind of favor. And, for, yes. obviously, if he helped Tampa win a Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. uh, there they would be in a, in a heap without him. And so, he, what does he need training camp for? I mean, he's got a rapport with his teammates, it's, and he went for the first two weeks. And, you know, I, I think it's uh, – I think it's a story that if you could pull this off, you might as well try to pull it off. And he did. so I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I think it's vacation. I think it's kudos to him that he could actually yeah.
1: pull this off. Absolutely, boy, he's got to really put on a uh, some kind of disguise because if he gets seen, they're going to be pictures taken of he and Giselle are on a yacht somewhere in the south of France, Monaco, whatever it is. Uh, uh, interesting. Okay, um, one more one more NFL question here. Um, which quarterback will Suffer more, Pat Mahomes without Tyree Kill, or Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. Who, who struggles more this year?
4: That's actually a really good um, good question, and I Larry fun because uh, one of Rodgers' receivers is with the Chiefs now. Uh, Mark was uh, uh, Valdez Scantling, and you know I think and he's and Mahomes. Also has Juju Smith-Schuster, who who came over from Pittsburgh, missed basically all of last year. Uh, I, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is probably in a better spot than okay. maybe Aaron Rodgers. I mean, his top receiver coming back is Alan Lazard. Uh, you know, you got Randall Cobb, and uh, you got Christian Watson, who was a, a rookie. And then I know there's another uh, rookie. uh I think it's uh, Romeo uh, Dobbs. A uh, draft pick, uh, mid-round draft pick from this year, who's kind of you can kind of seeing his name flash across Twitter because he, Roger seems to like him, but you mm. know I think that Mahomes is probably better set up also because he still has Travis Kelsey.
1: I mean that yeah, is a huge factor the
4: that they still yeah. have him, and he's a matchup nightmare. And the Packers do not have that element at
1: tight end. That's a great point. Larry Holder of the Athletic uh will watch for Alave and Penning. And other than that, who cares? Who cares? Let's just get to the regular season. I hate preseason games with a passion. With a passion. Larry, thank you. Have a great weekend, buddy.
2: All right, Jordy. Take care.
1: You're the best. Larry Holder of The Athletic. You know, deep in the heart of the South Louisiana Bayou Country, Cajun Chef seasonings are still made from time-honored traditional family recipes using only the finest spices and peppers. Taste the flavor of Cajun Chef's cayenne hot sauce made from choice vine-ripened cayenne peppers. Do yourself a flavor. Try it. You're going to love it. Bring a bottle with you wherever you go because just in case they don't have it where you're eating – you're going to love Cajun Chef. Everything tastes better with Cajun Chef hot sauce on it. Back to wrap up hour number one. A busy hour number two awaits us here on the Jordy Helford Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Tigers and the Astros in southwest Louisiana. All right, the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros Weekend Getaway. The Red Hot Ast- Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th. You can be there, register in the Game Clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Bookshire AC, Lay Meridian Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We also uh, want you to join the Game club. Clubhouse Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com because once you become a member of our Rewards Club, you'll have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes. How about a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou? How about a $50 gift certificate to the Acadiana Bar and Grill or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen? But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com free it's simple so go sign up today coming up our number two all you mcneese cowboy fans we got the latest from their fall camp all you raging cajun fans we got the latest from their fall camp and then we'll just kind of kind of talk a little bit about this and a little bit that about that jim gazzolo george faust george mcnell james mesh and myself a busy hour number two we'll be back with that and more the Jordy Helford show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles where you're home for the tigers and the astros in southwest louisiana
0: live and local this is the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station open for the end zone it's a saints touchdown It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg.
1: Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Friday. Yay! Hey, August 12th, the year 2022. James Mesh, my producer, back in the Master Control Suite in the Game Studios, spinning the tunes, pushing all the right buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in the great city of Lake Charles on 1041 FM. We are streaming around the world 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area. You can turn the television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. we started our football Fridays, our number one. If you missed it, we got the very latest on LSU's practice slash scrimmage from Wilson Alexander of the Advocate, Larry Holder of the Athletic, all the latest on the Saints and the NFL. Still to come, George Faust will join us with all things Rage Cajuns, but we begin our number two we go to the Southland Conference. All the very latest on the McNeese Cowboys. There's only one person that does it, and nobody does it better than the sports editor of the American Press. And a friend of our station, he takes over and does a great job. When one of us are on vacation, Jim Gazzolo, kind enough to be with us on a busy Friday. Jim, thanks for filling in for me, by the way, and and thank you for coming on as a guest today.
4: Hi, ah, Jordy. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Um how are the Cowboys doing?
4: Uh not so well.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, actually, we uh we have uh both quarterbacks uh Knox Katem and Cam Canna uh, Ransom are back now. They've both worked out the last two days. Um but for 9 days they
1: were pretty much shut down. Ah Man, you can't do much without your quarterback. Um, What is your impression of Gary Goff?
4: Uh, Completely different guy. Uh, The guy, for the first, I've said this before, for the first time in uh, six years and really first time in four administrations, uh, he's the head coach that wants to be here. He isn't looking for his next job like the other guys have been right when they walked in the door.
1: That's good. That's good. All right. He calls his offense the air raid attack. Is he going to be throwing that ball like um, 50, 60 times a game?
4: I think that's the, the thought if he has his way. But he has very much said all along uh, he will do what the defense dictates. So if there's eight in the box, he will throw the football. If there is eight uh, defensive backs in the, in the secondary in that, he will run the football. Um, He had 3,000-yard rushers last year at Valdesta State, so he will do whatever is easiest, I think, to move the ball.
1: Okay. Um, You told me the quarterbacks are finally back. What kind of weapons do they have offensively, running backs, wide receivers? Are they they got some good skill position people?
4: Uh, They are a completely different team. They have 58 new. Out of their 110 people, 58 are new. 15 are transferred portal. They are more skilled than they've ever been in the last 15 years. Um, they have gone all over the country to get from San Diego State, from Utah, from Colorado State. They are a completely rebuilt, different-looking team.
1: How's the chemistry? How do you get all those? How do you get 58 new guys in and just all of a sudden, boom, here we go? That's that's the big question. That's
4: that's the biggest question is when do they mesh? Will they mesh? Um, I, I really the biggest concerns, I think, for him, I mean, he lost his entire secondary, went to the porthole, and got four guys from FBS schools that have playing time. But how, do they, how are they going to fit together, especially a lot of them didn't come in until summer. So they're yeah. really learning under the gun and that's that's the biggest thing cuz their first game is uh number 2 Montana State in Bozeman right. and that's uh right.
1: <laughs> that could <laughs> be that
4: could be rude welcoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: That's, I can think of worse places to go for a game than Bozeman, Montana. I mean, that that might be uh the American press may have to send you up there a couple of days early and stay a couple of days late. I mean, that could be a mini vacation. <laughs> that doesn't
4: that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. <laughs>
1: I know it doesn't happen, but boy, wouldn't it be great if it did? Holy yeah. cow.
4: it looks, it looks like a great place to watch a game. Um and uh you know, it's 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 a great challenge for them, but the reality is the second game I think is the bigger bigger game for the program. That's at
1: Rice. At Rice. Okay. That that's that's a winnable game, I think. I really do.
4: Well that's the that's the game that will set the tone for if they can move to FBS because that's the teams they have to beat, how they travel, um, how they play against them, kind of sets the tone for are they ready, where are they, if they're really considering moving up.
1: Is that a a legitimate goal, and you think that's doable?
4: That is the only goal.
1: Okay. Uh,
4: That is the only goal, and they are on the short list of Conference USA.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. See you, full of info, Jim. You just got you just got your post. <laughs> you, you really well, do. They, I, I I did not know that.
4: Yes, yeah, but then again, I've been on the short list for probably a lot of women for a <laughs> date, but never got a date. So I think that <laughs> whether they actually make the call or not is a different story.
1: Uh, there you go. I understand? Well, you got a very. Um, aggressive athletic director and uh the, the improvements there are, are quite noticeable so that's terrific you mentioned uh, we got look if whether you're talking lsu or ul or whoever everybody wants to know who the starting quarterback's going to be i know they've missed about nine days but prior to that is there anybody got the advantage at that position
4: well they'll tell you no but i think if you watch them play Uh, it's going to be the Georgia Southern uh, transfer uh, sophomore, Cam Ransom. I think if he doesn't win the job, it would be an upset. Um, Knox Kadem comes from Virginia Tech. Walker Wood came from Kentucky a couple of years ago. So they have three FBS guys who have played football uh, at the higher level. But you don't go out and get Cam Ransom in the middle of summer if you thought you were settled at quarterback. So I think he's probably the guy. He looks the part. Six three two ten, wow! Left-handed, throws a deep ball, can run. He looks the part.
1: Now let's go over this schedule. You, you mentioned Montana State September the third. They'll be a heavy, heavy, heavy underdog in that one. Then you go to yes. Rice September tenth. What do you think the, the the line will be on something like that? Uh, the,
4: McNeese has a history of playing very well against FBS uh, mid majors. Obviously mm-hmm. not as much on the big majors, but uh, they've had a lot of history of beating middle Tennessee State. Uh, they've beaten they beat Florida Southern pounded them. they scored 56 on them when last time they were in Florida. I think they'll play well against rice um, okay and, and I think I think you're looking at a 10- point game, and I think that game really will set the standard for the, uh, for the season more than Trent even season. the first okay. game.
1: That is the turning point of the season, right there. You'll beat Alcorn State in your home opener, I believe, on September seventeenth. Um, yeah, Miss- Mississippi College. What? Who, what? What's that? Anyway, that's at home on the twenty fourth. So now, um, hopefully, you're three and one, and you're going into to league play with. Isn't an Incarnate Word kind of a pretty good football school?
4: They uh, they were in the last two years. Now they okay. lost their quarterback to Washington State. They lost their coach to Washington State. They actually got LSU uh, former LSU quarterback and former Nichols quarterback Lindsey Scott Junior. God, will be their you're quarterback. He is uh Lord. he is Mister Traveler of the Southland. As he we is call the
1: him. Marco Polo. He's the Marco Polo of college football quarterbacks.
4: Yeah, he's uh, he's, he's America's guest. He stops everywhere for a night. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he, that's a, you know, he got beat out at Nichols at the end of last year. So I, I yep. don't know what they – he did not look good the two times he played here last year.
1: I'll be darned. Texas A&M Commerce. Uh, you you got to tell me about that one. You got to tell me
4: about that one. <laughs> <The division teams laughs> okay. two coming so
1: up. that's a, that's
4: um, a W. I, I, have, I am on record as saying – when somebody asked me who's going to win the Southland, I said, I didn't know two weeks ago who was going to be in the Southland.
1: That's a so, great point. That is a um, great Commerce point. Commerce is a
4: new program. Um, the Division 2 they're coming up. This is their first transition year. I think a lot of them, they'll have an awful lot of look like Tarleton State if, okay. if that and McNeese beat them the first time last year. I think uh, they better win that game.
1: And, yeah. And then two back to back tough ones, I believe. You got to go to Thibodeau and take on Nickel State. On October twenty second, yes. then you got to go back home, and you got to take on Southeastern. Uh, they, they, those are two tough clubs, two well coached teams. That's going to be interesting, I yes. think.
4: Yeah, I think I, I, I'm picking Nichols to win the conference. I think uh, okay, their their schedule really lightens up for them. They get both Southeastern and McNeese at home. They don't have to play incarnate word in a conference game. They play them at home in a non conference game. Just kind of a bizarre last minute. Oh, look who yeah, we got! Crazy. Um That's crazy. yeah, it it's that was just done because basically Lamar came back and Incarnate Word came back at the last minute. Right. They had to throw something together to please everybody. Uh but then those are the two games that I think will decide McNeese's
1: season. All right. So what what's a what's a doable, what's a what's a comfortable record that you think when you look at this schedule and you and you see what you've seen so far um lots of new players new coach lots of skill position people what's realistic what's doable um
4: I think six and five is acceptable seven and four is probably the high end eight and three is a is a dream season seven okay. and four and six and five is about right
1: maybe maybe if you go to Houston and beat rice maybe that uh eight and three that changes comes things That'll we finish. shall see. We shall see. All right, Jim. I'm going to talk and, to your uh, to your boss, and I'm going to make sure that uh, let's see, if we can get you to Montana a little bit early and stay a couple of days, man. You can even go do some of that trout fishing in the streams and see the mountains and and maybe find the Duttons up there and uh, you know and uh, Yellowstone and all that kind of stuff. Why not? I, I... –
4: I just hope the airport's clean. I just hope the plane lands. That's all I ever worry about. a
1: trip. <laughs> Jim Gazzolo covers the Cowboys. Thank you, my friend. Uh, always great talking right, thank to you. I Jordy. really appreciate it. All right. We'll take a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll shift uh, down the I-10 corridor. Coming back uh, east, it's time for the Raging Cajuns. Fridays with Faust here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home. For the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
0: There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: George, happy Friday, buddy. How are you?
4: Doing great, man. Happy Friday to you. Uh, Looking forward to the weekend. And uh, as we kind of inch closer to not having weekend,
1: you know, (laughs) it's going to be all football. (laughs) Get those honeydews in quick because you're fixing to be off the market, big fella. All right, (laughs) September 3rd. The Lions of Southeastern invade Cajun Field. Hey, what's Cajun Field looking like these days? Is it some new improvements? What's going on there?
4: They, they're still they're still kind of working on uh, on that. There, they have a bunch of. I, I talked to Brian Maggard a couple weeks ago. Uh, they they're, they're in the works of trying to make everything kind of more updated. Uh, I think their next phase is to 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 continue to get funding so they can renovate. Aging field, so uh, yeah. they're they're getting to that point. They've got some uh, ideas of what they want to do. Uh, they're going to put up a new press box, which uh, is is a necessary uh, thing that they need there because their press box is outdated. Um, yeah. And uh, and 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 definitely uh, going to kind of improve the surrounding area. But uh, they they they've got a plan. They're working towards the plan, and uh, and I think
1: uh,
5: okay.
4: you know hopefully. Sometime soon they'll, they'll see some, start seeing some uh, real uh, kind of uh, progress towards uh, towards that. The, the thing about it is uh, Dr. Magger brought up was like they want to secure the funding and, and make sure they've got that kind of all those, those ducks in a row before yeah. they start any kind of construction.
1: Yeah, I got great ideas. Uh, I just don't have the money. So I understand exactly. <laughs> what I, I think we're all in that boat. Uh, I know one thing for sure. They won't, won't uh, run out of food anymore, right? Because they, they had that problem at one point in time last year. That's not going to happen anymore.
4: No, no, that, that won't happen. That, especially <laughs> around here. You, know, you, you can probably just, uh, if, you, if you did, somebody did run out of food, you just walk down a, a little bit and, and That's right. somebody else will <laughs> offer you something else.
1: A very intriguing uh, opener, practice, southeastern Louisiana. Yeah, very intriguing opener. Southeastern Louisiana comes to Cajun Field September the third. Uh, what, 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 where do the Cajuns stand here and now? What kind of progress have they made uh, early on in in camp?
4: I I think what what we're seeing is uh, uh, two guys at quarterback, because that's what everybody likes to talk about first. Sure, uh, two two guys that are that are really impressing the coaches. With how much they kind of know the system and know it, and, and and how they're uh, kind of commanding the team, I, I think Des has talked a little bit about that in the in the fall camp early, uh, where where you're looking at two, two these two these two uh, players that that are pushing each other, but neither one is taking taking the reign as the number one guy, but. They're not staying stagnant either. It's not. They're not taking. They're both elevating each other's game, I guess, as okay. way to play. So that's obviously Chandler Fields and Ben Woolridge, uh, the two guys that are kind of, uh, uh, you know, on everybody's radar uh, at the moment at quarterback. And then um, I think I think they've got some. I, I'm anxious to see how they use the tight end position. I talked about it this week in some of my sports casts. Um, mm-hmm. how, how how the tight end is going to be. Uh, utilized. I think in the past under HUD, they didn't really go to a tight end all that much. I mean, not not pass-wise, anyway. And then uh, with regards to Billy Napier, he kind of, you know, he had uh, Ralston, uh, that guy uh, kind of uh, he expanded the, raw, the, the, uh, the the playbook to include the tight end a little bit more. So I'm wondering, is it going to be more like Coach HUD, where you're not using a tight end as much, maybe, unless you have a guy like uh, uh, Ladarius Green. Then you involve him all the time, uh, or, or or is it going to be uh, kind of more? Uh, uh, you know, you are going to open it up and give that give those uh, tight ends a, an opportunity uh, to to maybe score some run. They've got a good one in Johnny Lampkin. They also have Neil Johnson, who's impressing and turning heads here in the early part of fall camp. So, uh, both of those guys look to look to contribute. Uh,
3: uh, when
1: it comes to September 3rd in and All right. George Faust, KLFY, Rye. Uh, Garner left the Cajuns, went to the portal, went to LSU. Um, I, I always think that's one of the most important position groups on the field with the way the, the game is going now with so many passes being thrown. Um, they've got some standouts returning, but have they settled in on, on who's going to be there, who they can count on?
4: I, you know – I, I think there, there's a guy uh, that they really like um, when, when we're talking about the Cajuns is, is Trey Amos. Uh, he was a high school quarterback at Catholic High New Iberia, won a state championship. Um, I, a lot of people know the name from around here because he was such a great athlete. In fact, in the first play of the state championship against Notre Dame, he rushes for uh, like a 50- or 60-yard touchdown uh, in the game that they won for Coach Brent Best back then. Uh, and Trey, Trey is a guy who made a transition, right, from offense to defense. And Coach Des, he, he's just so impressed with the way he's he, he's, you know, studied and mm-hmm. and uh, tried to learn the position of, of DB and corner, uh, and to make himself that much better. And he's so a guy like that can be a huge asset uh, for the Cajuns moving forward.
1: All right, uh, George Faust, K-L-F-Y, kind enough to join us. Uh, what kind of year do you expect from Zion Hill, the senior defensive tackle? Sixth I, year, I, by the way. I, I Sixth hope, I, I'm hope, year. I,
4: yeah, 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 look, Zion, I, I love Zion. He's, he's one of these, you know, why is it like defensive linemen always seem like they have the best personality? I mean, look they at do. Sam Jordan. Look, you're right. I got, I got that guy is hilarious to go talk to Cam Jordan. Anytime you get the chance to talk to him, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a soundbite fest. But Zion's very similar in that way. Uh, I, I, I know he's uh, kind of been on and off, just battling a little bit of injury and, and been doing a great job of uh, kind of keeping himself available. Uh, so I, I really think he's going to be an anchor for that defense. He's, he's a guy also from Catholic High, New Iberia, so a, a guy that a lot of people know. Uh, around here, uh, and so yeah, I, I'm hoping for big things for him. And, and, and as long as he can stay healthy throughout the season, he'll be the anchor, no doubt about it. If he can, if they can, like if they can attack and get get to the quarterback, you know, <laughs> quarterback can't throw if he's got, uh, you know, he's on his back, right? So
3: yeah,
4: uh, you have guys like Zion uh, there, ready ready to make that make sure that happens, so, and, and he can do it. He's got the talent to to be able to. Uh, you know, avoid the blocks and, and and get to where he needs to be to, to affect the pass route, uh, the, the pass.
1: So, yeah, yeah. George Faust, K L F Y, with all the latest on the raging Cates. I don't think I've ever asked this question, but apparently there is a serious level of competition uh, at a very important spot. It's and it's a spot where you never. Hear the guy's name. You don't know who he is unless he makes a mistake, and that's the long snapper. And apparently, they got about three guys competing for this thing, and not one of them have taken a college rep yet.
4: Well, see, I, you know, you're telling me something I haven't haven't looked into yet, Jim Um Look, that is, you know, you're right. Those are positions that are so vital, right? They're so mm-hmm. vital to a team. And, and, and they have to – you have to be able to uh, execute at a very high level and you get no glory. <laughs> you get very little right. glory. Not, they're not going to pat you on the back after a kicker kicks a 55-yard field goal. Not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely um, – look you create competition and that, that, I know Coach Beth wants to, wants to do that and, and, and get the best guys on the field. And so I'm sure he's uh, he's, got a, he's got his hands full with that
1: new staff new head coach a lot of there's some newcomers here how, how do you see the chemistry what what's the ver, the word on this coaching staff and the job that they're doing in your opinion
4: so from what i can tell i, I really believe that the, that the guys have have really you know everybody says bought in and and that is the case in this in this regard too but i think here's here's what we're overlooking yeah Coach Dez is a, is a first-year head coach, right, in college. Right. He, he's important, and there's no doubt about it. You know, that's kind of new. It's kind of maybe an underwhelming hire to some Cajun fans. Maybe they thought sure. they should have gone out and got a big coordinator name, you know, uh, Alabama's OC or, right. or wh- whatever it might have been. Uh, they thought maybe they could have got a, a, a bigger name. But here, here's the thing. Dez has been there so, so long. I mean, he, this championship team that Billy Napier put together, Des has been there every step of the way. So it's not like these players don't trust him. It's not an outside guy coming in, and I think that's benefited him a lot. Being able to say, "Hey, look, I'm, I'm Cajun, Vermilion, and White through and through." You know, I really believe that that has done a great, done a good thing. For, that's been a good thing for him. And, and his players are responding to that from all the all things
1: I can tell. George Faust, KLFY, talking all things Raging Cajuns. The Cajuns were uh, voted preseason Sunbelt Conference title favorites. Is it fair to say that because of some of the key losses on offense that this UL defense is expected to kind of power their way uh, in this 2022 season? I, I think that that'd be an easy
4: assumption. I, I think you probably are, aren't far off with that, that that assumption. I think once we I, I'm anxious to see how the offense does because I yeah. I think they're talent. I think they're super talented. I think they have a lot of talent uh, at the skill positions that people don't maybe don't know about or aren't as recognized names, you know. I think there's there's some there's some hidden gems in there. So, I while while I do believe the defense is obviously going to be the stronger part of this team early on, I think the the offense has the opportunity to kind of uh, surprise some people. Let's say.
1: All right, George, I'm going to leave you on this one. I remember watching uh, the movie The Blind Side, and they, uh, you know, Ole Miss promised. Um, uh the Tui boy look if 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 michael Orr comes to ole miss we'll let you lead the team through the grove and into the stadium now now it appears that juice lane kiffin's dog has become the face of the rebels program what is, how about that
4: uh, you know you know that's interesting i i did not see that i uh I've been knee-deep in Cajuns and high school football, so I haven't had a chance to look at that. So, Juice, huh? So, it, 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 instead of a shark, it's going to be uh, Lane Gibbons dog. Is that He's what we're going to f- do? I, I just, I just a- think they need to just go back to, to Colonel Reb and look up the story on Colonel Reb. It's it's, uh, it's, it's it's a great story of how they came to use Colonel Reb. So, uh, Trust
1: me trust me juice is a five-month old golden English lab Kiffin's daughter wanted a dog he got the dogs at every practice carries a uh, uh one of those pro cams wrapped around on his head and with this I... contraption around its waist and he goes all over the field and taking pictures and he's getting more hits than anybody in social media juice look it up juice is gonna lead the rebels through the grove and into Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Trust me. Walk, well, mark well, look, my word look, on that one, George uh, mark Faust. It down,
4: mark it down. All right, we'll mark it down. I think I think Ole Miss and LSU are going to be battling for that third spot in the SEC West. I think it's uh, Alabama and A&M and then Ole Miss and LSU, kind of 3-4 or 4-3 or however you want uh, to hash that out.
1: What uh, if LSU... What if LSU like they do that Colorado Buffalo? They have like twenty guys holding ropes, and that Buffalo charges yeah. down. What if they had Mike the Tiger doing the Tiger Walk <laughs> down the hill out of the cage? Just argh, what about that? I don't. I don't think that will ever happen. Now. No. I mean, I remember yeah. the days
4: that I'm sure you do too, where they used to bring Mike in the in the in the cage and run him around the uh, run him around Tiger Stadium in the cage. That was phenomenal. That was one that of the was, coolest things ever.
1: Um, and they had one. Ch- they had one handler that would kind of poke just ever so gently, yeah. and every time he poked him, Mike would would holler, man, with a blood curdling roar. So absolutely, yeah. and All the right,
4: were on top of the yeah, top of that little cage. cage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. That, was, uh, that bad. Sure You, you talk Maybe, about you know st- what you know what they might do now? Maybe it'd be it'd be um, CGI, a tiger coming out of the locker room
1: that's Something what i'm like that. talking that tv stuff you're talking tv <laughs> stuff i mean mike the tiger had the bec- had the greatest um uh stadium quote unquote improvements of all time compared to where he used to be to where he is now yeah. Ooh, oh yeah woo. he yeah. is in the that uh thing- the four seasons of tiger habitats that-
4: that's right, the Taj Mahal, if you will. Yes.
1: All right, George Faust, you got work to do, man. You got high school previews, you got Cajuns, Tigers, everything. Go get it, man. Thank you. Always fun on Fridays with you, my friend.
4: Thank you, Jordy. Good talking to you. And uh, yeah, you know all about that high school preview stuff. Come on now. I
1: know. In no. there, done that. I'll leave that to you now. Goodbye.
4: <laughs> See
1: you, Jordy. later.
0: <laughs> Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 12, 1994, members of the Major League Baseball Players Association go on strike. The strike leads to only the second cancellation of the World Series, the other taking place in 1904. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: All right, we are back 36 minutes after the hour. It's my favorite segment of the week. This happens to be the last segment of the week. Um, but it, it's my friends, James Mesh, back in uh, the game studios, and my good buddy, George Becknell. Where in the heck is George Becknell these days? Good afternoon, sir.
5: Hey, good afternoon, Jordy. Um, I'm in Baton Rouge. Okay. Capital city of Louisiana, you know,
1: hometown. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, let's see. Where do we begin? Um, I told you. I mean, I'm not one of those I told you so's. But I, I suggested that the NBA would uh, retire the number six of Bill Russell for here and forevermore. And sure enough, that is the case. How about that?
5: Oh, that's amazing. For the record, as, as soon as I saw the news, I thought about you. I was like, man, Jordan, Jordan Holberg has <laughs> got to give me a lot of numbers for this week. But – uh. <laughs> But now I think it's a classic move by the NBA. I feel like if you look at Adam Silver and everything he's done since he's taken over, he's made all the right moves. And the NBA is emerging as kind of the the premier league, if you will, because it's always doing the right thing in the public eye. They're they're are they're, they're, they're a very entertaining league, and you know, for Bill Russell, he deserves he deserves to have his number retired. Throughout the uh, throughout the league, he has the most rings, and he's a true pioneer. So I think it's the right move for the
1: NBA. And I'm gonna make sure that his transcendent career will always be recognized. James Mesh, um, I want your answer on this one. All players more than 20 years old last year already wearing number six will be grandfathered in, means they can wear it. Mm-hmm. LeBron wears number six. Should he change his number and say, "Look, I'm gonna do." De- Due reverence to the great Bill Russell, I will change my number. I will not wear that again. What do you think, James?
3: I think it's ultimately up to him. I mean, if I were him, I'd probably change to a different number, but I know the only two numbers he's ever worn are 23 and 6, and those are both legendary numbers. So unless he he chooses (laughs) his own number, uh, which I don't think he would, he's probably just going to stick with 6. I think he'll change it. I really do. I think he will respect
1: Bill Russell, and out of that respect, and plus that means there will be more Laker jerseys to sell, so the Lakers organization will be happy, right?
3: Yeah, there you go. Got a a new number. I just don't know.
1: What would he he look good in, though? uh, LeBron looks good in anything. (laughs) I was about to say, you're 6'9", 270. How many rings does he have? Four. Except four. Four. So, I so him wear, wear number, number five. hope to get number five. Oh um. <laughs> man None less. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'm hoping for number he, five. Or wear number he, four, because that's all I'm going to get, because the Lakers Yeah, I about to say, he's not getting the the number stick. five. Okay, I got to find out y'all's opinion of uh, Tom Brady. Uh, missed some practice. He's an excused absence. He won't return until after the team's second preseason game on August the 20th. He's dealing with a personal matter, George, and the timing of his leave, leave was agreed upon before training camp. Before training camp, what does that tell you? What, let's let's read between the lines here. What's going on with Tom Brady? Well,
5: well it's it's a, it's a couple of things. Number one, Tom Brady is an icon, and the Buccaneers recognizes, and he can do whatever he wants. Right. Number one. Right. Number two, I'm assuming it's like a family thing where I don't know, Giselle might be getting like some type of scheduled surgery or something. I I, I don't know. No, but, she but it, it
1: is surgery and ruin that beautiful. Oh no! Don't tell me that.
5: Oh no! It, it trust me, it's, it's purely maintenance. Like, like she go, she still go uh, maintain her appearance. But I, I just think it's something that was pre-planned, and Tom Brady can do what he want. I wouldn't yeah. want him playing in the preseason game anyway. So it's no, you I know agree. he's practiced. he's practiced enough. They have changed to the system he ran in New England. <laughs> he's he's played with those guys for a couple of years now. He doesn't
1: need to be there. I don't think this is that big of a deal. I don't think it's a big deal either. Um at forty five years old he can do whatever he wants. James Mesh, you in belief of what Larry Holder said? He's it's a family vacation.
3: It could very <laughs> easily it could be very easily a family vacation, but I did hear some rumors, but there's no real sources, so I don't know how likely it is. But they were saying something about his mom maybe having cancer, but uh I don't know how oh. I don't I'm not too sure about that. I'll wait yeah. until they actually give the reason if it's something serious that like tough. that. But yeah. if it's not, I don't I don't care either way because he's still going to do what he needs to do to That's be right. ready for the he, games. He'll be
1: in shape. He's got that, what is it, TB12. He's eating the right stuff, drinking avocado the right ice stuff, cream. doing all that stuff. Yeah, avocado ice
3: cream. Would you ever try that? I'd try it, but I probably wouldn't like it. Oh. Oh.
5: <laughs> I, I don't understand why people like avocado. I just don't do it.
3: I like
1: it in guacamole, but I got to have some other stuff with it. I just can't eat a plain – no, I can't do that. Anyway, okay. Um, John Calipari has caused a little stir in the Commonwealth. He says he wants a new basketball practice facility, and he wants it now. He said he'll raise the money himself to to build it. He'll just hit up his former players that are in the NBA and get some money from them, and everything will be fine. He wants to build it uh, in the center of campus, make make it a multi-use structure that houses a sports science department, a nutrition center, and a museum of the program's history. And then he said, and the reason is... It's a basketball school. It's always been that. No offense to the football program. I hope they I hope they win 10 games and go to bowls. At the end of the day, that makes my job easier, makes my job uh, makes the job for all of us easier. But this is a basketball school. And then Mark Stoops came back with a with anger in his voice saying, "Basketball school? I thought we competed in the SEC." George, what do you say to Mark Stoops? I mean, come come on, guy. Like look, hey, Mark Stoops has done
5: a fantastic job at Kentucky. I, I can't take nothing away from it. But come on, dude. You know, this, this, Kentucky is a basketball school. It yeah. always has been a basketball yeah. school. Ever since Adolph Rupp, all the way down to uh
1: Patino to, uh, well, to Patino. Joby Hall. And, and, all those yeah, guys. Yeah, Joe B.
5: Hall, Tubby. Tubby got a title. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it's, so it's always been a basketball school. Now I think Cap is doing this out of, you know, out of desperation because Kentucky doesn't have that stature that it once had. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they're not the cream of the crop in the SEC no more. And I could, and it, there's nobody Perkins. on earth that's more excited about the fall of Kentucky than I am. Maybe <laughs> you. But, you know, that, that's why he's doing it, to try to get some recruiting ground. But, yes, Kentucky has always been a basketball school and will always be a basketball school. Sorry,
1: Mike stoops. Uh, uh, James, what, what's your what's your thought about stoops? Is, is is he is he crazy or is he is is there a method to
3: the madness? I think there might be a method to the madness. Kind of what George was talking about. This could almost be like a recruiting technique where it's like, look, I'm dedicated to this program and I'm looking to get people like you. Do we all know that this is a basketball school? Of course. But if this was two coaches from the same university. This would be behind closed doors. This this was this I feel like was pre-planned.
1: Oh. Okay. I I just think Cal is um is exuding his power. And another, they were in the Bahamas when he did that, so it's not the whole uh full fledged media that's uh here to 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 talk to him, but he wants he wants what all these other schools are getting and uh he wants a practice facility for his basketball team. So so good for him. Good for him. All right. Uh, the Saints, George, play their first preseason game on Saturday tomorrow against the Houston Texans. Do you care at all? What What do you want? What do you want to see? What are you looking for?
5: So, so, Jordan, I'm looking I'm looking at two things, right? Because we know the defensive the defense is already amazing. It's already elite. Um, we got some changes on the offensive line. We got some changes at left tackle. Teron Armstead's not there anymore. Yeah, so I want to see how the line does. How the line holds up, and I want to see who emerges at tight end. You know, is Taysom Hill gonna be a good run blocker? Is is Troutman finally going to step up and do his thing?
3: That's my point. And, and, and,
5: and, and, and yeah, I like him. And I want to see who's going to be the back, like who's going to be the backup running back. Is it going to be Mark Ingram or is it going to be somebody else? Okay, those are the things I'm looking for, but I'm not gonna watch it live. I'm gonna record it, and I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna
1: watch it later.
5: I, I don't. They they're playing against the Texans. The George is going, going to the against.
1: club. George is going to the club. Well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna give me, I'm gonna
5: go give me a little sushi. And I'm gonna step out on the on the on the town tonight. You know, there you go. James, go
1: over, you, go go over the river. I got you, James. Do you do you watch preseason football? And if so, what do you
3: want to watch about the Saints? I usually do. I will also be watching it live because I'll be writing a blog blog post gamer about it.
4: Ooh, but what I
3: what I nice. do I like what I'm looking at right now, I'm curious to see how the rookies are looking. Trevor Penning, Chris Olave. Yeah. And even the undrafted rookie in Abram Smith, is he gonna finally shut people up right. about the questions of like why are we not getting another running back? Well, right. let's see if Abram Smith's finally the guy, because we've seen the contract and we've seen reporters talk about it, but The fans themselves have been wanting a veteran running back. Well, it's like we've seen plenty of history of undrafteds, like Pierre Thomas, not as known as Kyrie Robinson, but I really liked him when he was a saint. Like you can can get quality running backs and you don't even have to draft them. Preseason NFL
1: games are I treat them exactly the same way as I treat college spring games. I don't care. I don't care. I'll read your blog to find out. But 99% of the guys that – or 90% of the guys that play tomorrow ain't going to be playing when the season kicks off. So I could care less. Give give me the stars. Give me the starters. And let's – when they play for keeps, that's when I'll watch. Here's one for you. Uh, Dolphins tight end Adam Shaheen um, was traded by the Dolphins to the Texans. But Shaheen failed his physical with Houston, so guess what? He's back in Miami. Now, how would you feel if you're Adam Shaheen, George?
5: Well, I'd have mixed feelings. Number one, you tried to trade me. Now, now you're stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, you, you, you'd rather be catching passes from Tua, Tiger Valor or would you from whoever the? Texans quarterback is. Davis so, Mills. That's you, true. That's true. Kinda, you know, Miami or Houston. You know? I guess so they're still kinda, paying
1: him, right? So you, yeah. you love the one you dance with.
5: Exactly. You, you're getting what Warren Sapp said it best. You're getting paid a king's ransom to play a child's game. I he's going to be fine.
1: Man. All right, uh, James Mess, you are a uh, Astros fan. Uh, Michael Brantley has season-ending shoulder surgery the team announced today um he went on the injured list june 27th -hmm. he was hitting 288 with five homers is this a big deal
3: little deal or no deal at all i consider a pretty sizable deal he's been a major contributor for the astros unfortunately he hasn't been in the lineup very much recently because he was on the injured list but You also did trade for a bunch of people in Mancini and Vasquez and Will Smith, so Will Smith's a relieving pitcher, but hopefully you'll see Mancini more in the lineup because we've only seen him slightly over half the time in the nine or ten games that he's been traded to the Astros. He's only played in five or six of the games, so hopefully he lands in the lineup more often to hopefully make up for Brantley.
1: Honest team in baseball is the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've won ten in a row, sixteen games up over the Padres. They got seventy-seven wins. The Mets have seventy-three. The Astros have seventy-two, and the Yankees have seventy-one. George, would be you'd be shocked if if we get down to the final uh uh the final four and it's the Yankees versus the Astros in the American League, and maybe the Dodgers and the Mets in the National League. Would you You'd be surprised if anything else changed. I wouldn't be surprised at all, Jordy.
5: Uh, really? those are the four teams in baseball who played the best this year. I, I'm, I'm gonna say though, don't count off my Braves, they got hot, you know, they won like 15 16 in a row a while back. So, yeah. you know, they, they could they might come back on the Mets, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think I think the Dodgers, by far, are the best team in baseball, in my opinion. And you know it—you know it might be another Dodgers World Series win. What is that? Three out of four years, or four, three out of five years, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be shocked at all.
1: James, you
3: got a dark horse anywhere uh, in baseball? The Padres do intrigue me, okay. since you you do have all that star power now. I just wonder if you're able to actually make it through with it. In, you know, what the a, you
1: know what the Padres remind me of. Who they, remind they got all of. that star power. They remind me of the the Los Angeles Angels. There's something <laughs> amiss. Yes, there's, there's something amiss. I don't get it, but I understand they made the trade and Soto and all that stuff. But I don't know. Like don't you, know. you
3: expect them to to do something with it, but at the end of the day, it's like you got to prove it to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If I'm Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, I'm going to
1: the Angels, and I'm pulling pulling an Anthony Davis and a Kevin Durant. Get me out of here. I know the weather's great, but get me out of here. I want to go someplace. I want to play in the postseason. They never play in the postseason, and they got the two biggest stars in baseball. Makes no sense. Get them out of there. Start over, Angels. Start over. Maybe
5: Mike Trout's a football fan and likes to be free during football season.
1: Yeah, maybe so. I can't <laughs> believe that. All right, George, go have fun getting your sushi overlooking the river. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next Friday. Um, and, James, uh, we got one more segment to go. So uh, we'll take our final time out here, the Jordy Helford Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, where you're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Stay with us all right we're back um finishing touches great to see my buddy um schuyler mage back in baton rouge for graduation ceremonies today he earned his diploma virtually in may of 2020 but was given the chance to walk in today's ceremony good for him He's got his contracts. played the last two seasons with the Atlanta Hawks. Way to go, Skylar Mays. If today is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share it with boxer Tyson Fury is 34. Great tennis player, 14 major titles. Pete Sampras is 51. And from Mamu to LSU to the Montreal Expos, Barry Manuel is 57. Thanks to Wilson Alexander, Larry Holder, Jim Gazzolo, George Faust, George McNeil, and James Mesh. And thanks to all of you for listening in today in whatever form or fashion you did. And thanks to our partners that make it possible. Hope you have a great rest of your Friday and even better weekend. Come on back Monday, same time. Two to four, same station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Hultberg. Stay thirsty. My friends, do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. So long, everybody.